We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Mike. No Darius today. And Mike, this is my favorite weekend of basketball of the year. It's when the NBA takes its leap into playoff intensity, and there is nothing like playoff basketball. And it's four games a day for two straight days. And it's just this introduction to, in some ways, playoff basketball is a new sport. I had a blast this weekend. Where are you at, man? Like I said, this is one of my favorite basketball weekends. How did you enjoy this weekend? I, too, love it. I like it more than the NCAA tournament, even though I understand the stakes of the one and done from the first round aspect of that. But we did get a bit of that with the playing games, and the playing games were pretty enjoyable, too. So... I think we're probably going to start with Brooklyn and Boston. But before we get to that, the Pelicans Clippers playing game where at a certain point, just no centers were on the floor. And it's just so hard to watch those games without thinking, oh, yeah, Anthony Davis has the complete cheat code there. Mm-hmm. And even the whole theoretical Lakers Clippers series, right, with a healthy Kawhi, healthy Paul George. I, we always talked about how AD was the guy there. And, you know, not to say that LeBron isn't the guy there, too, but the guy that can protect the rim on one end and then get to the rim and finish there. And same thing with LeBron and the other. And that, to me, was always going to be the separator between the Lakers and the Clippers. And, of course, we never got to see that in full. But you can see that once some teams have to go to that, there there are certain limitations defensively. And the Pelicans were able to exploit that, you know, to get into that 1-8 matchup and, and actually play pretty well. And we can get to them later. But I know you want to start with Brooklyn-Boston. So please take me to your initial thoughts from that game. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, on, on a number of levels. First of all, what I care about most about these playoffs is that the Celtics don't chip. And the thing that I care about second most is like a very distant second. I've actually watched a lot of Celtics tape because they went on this crazy run. And I'm like, oh, fuck, are these guys about to like. And so I have a lot of strong opinions about uh, how they play that have been developed over the last last month or so. And this is a great styles make fights type of series. They end up winning on a uh, an incredible game winner. Great patience from Marcus Smart hits a cutting Jason Tatum. And there are so many aspects of this that I want to get into. And in that styles make fights idea. 
Boston is a really strong team. In watching their tape from February on, they're a team that has a lot of size on the wing. Mike, you're a disciple of the Church of the Big Wing. They have a lot of those types of guys, and a lot of them can handle the ball too. And so one aspect of this Brooklyn-Boston series that I think is really going to impact how the rest of it goes is the boards. They started that game, Brooklyn did, with Seth Curry defending Al Horford or Daniel Tice, depending on the possession, usually Horford. And when, as a Laker fan, you watch this series, try to keep an eye on Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, these smaller guards where I think it applies to this Lakers offseason where whether or not we re-sign Malik Monk is one of those questions. And the biggest red flag I have toward that is, can you defend, can you deal with the physicality of opponents at that size? And the MLE is one of the few assets that we have over the vet men. And so if we're giving the MLE to somebody, I want them to be able to defensively stay on the floor. And Brooklyn is very different team in that they've got a lot of small guards. They've got a few bigs. They've got to start on Andre Drummond. They had Nicholas Claxton. They have LaMarcus Aldridge. He did not play, but he's, you know, in the mix as well. But I thought Boston really leveraged their physicality early on in the game, especially guarding Kevin Durant. And he's the my main takeaway uh, of that game is KD started out very slow offensively. And then, Uh, Picked it up with his jumper in the second half. But the thing that really stands out to me, Mike, is if you're going to be in that best player in the world conversation, you got to be grabbing boards. You got to be making an impact on the defensive end because Boston is so much bigger than them at so many different positions that having that. I feel like KD is going to need to impact this series in ways other than scoring that he did not in game one. Well, KD struggled. Uh, really, and, and you do give Boston's defense credit for that, and he was definitely the fulcrum of it. I think they, Kyrie got a lot of his points by just making ridiculous one-on-one plays, and we know that he'll continue to do that, but sometimes those threes aren't going to go in, and he had, I think, three in the fourth quarter. He was six for 10 for the game, and then he got to the free throw line nine times, so Kyrie gets 39, but KD, 23 points on 24 shots, that is not Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant is almost always 10 points higher than whatever his field goal attempts are. And he also turned the ball over six times as he was facing constant pressure and traps and just guys running at him. So, you know, I thought Boston was going to win this series based more on they are just a better team. They are a better defensive team. And while you're going to have some moments of brilliance from Durant and Kyrie, can they sustain that? And can they sustain the athleticism that's hitting them from Boston for a whole series? And they they nearly got a win, though, because of that talent. Right. And they needed the buzzer beater from Tatum. But Pete, this goes back a little bit to our discussion between Tatum and Durant for that all NBA first team spot. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing why Tatum is starting to close, you know, not just on Durant, but on everybody. And, you know, he's, so he's gets the free throw line 12 times. He has three threes, eight assists. He did have five turnovers, but two steals and a block. He's defending. He played 45 minutes. And this is where to kind of go over to Boston side for a second. Now, They played a very tight eight-man rotation that was almost like a seven with eight minutes mixed in of Peyton Pritchard, you know, who was minus seven. So that's like Al Horford played 41 and a half minutes. And that could be a problem for them as the playoffs go on if they're trying to play this tight. And and which guy could they play 
you know, who's on their, who's on their roster that they're really going to feel comfortable in that. I, I mean, Aaron Neesmith. It's it's you know? Robert Williams who's not healthy right now. They got to wait for Williams to be back to have that. And they've been running a pretty tight eight man rotation for much of the second half of the season, Mike. So that's something that as a Laker fan, listen, their path right now, upsets can change this, but their path right now would be Brooklyn with Katie and Kyrie, followed by Giannis in Milwaukee and the defending champs, followed by a Miami Heat team that I really like with a great coach, followed by the Phoenix Suns. So if they can get through all of that, and get you know and fulfill my worst nightmare they certainly <laughs> would have deserved it but uh Tatum is Tatum's defense I thought on Kevin Durant along with Grant Williams I thought had some some excellent possessions as well that's kind of what I'm talking about is like Tatum was part of the reason why Durant did not get in you know he right. blocked a couple of jumpers he and bothered Durant him wasn't doing the same on the nope. Nope. And that last play was a great uh, uh, encapsulation of that where, you know, they're moving the ball. It's kind of this hectic last minute situation. It's not a set. You're just playing ball and Katie and Kyrie get lost on the weak side. And that I was with you in that I I thought Boston was going to win this series beforehand uh, in large part because Brooklyn, they don't play. They don't do the responsible adult things. All that much, they're kind of similar to this Lakers team. They're certainly better than this Lakers team, of course, but uh, similar in that they miss like, oh, you didn't box out or you didn't rotate over. And these are things that Boston does every single time. Udoka hasn't been playing so well. And so kind of that like unforced errors element, I, I really see favoring Boston. And when you combine that with strength, you know, we'll see. Brooklyn shot making is going to have to be significant. And I do think they need to make a lineup change. Well, a couple of guys that were consistent for them all year, but like Patty Middle, Patty Mills has been struggling for the last month or two. He only took one shot, right? Played for 12 minutes. And Seth Curry has stepped into some of that role, but he was one for four from three. And Bruce Brown, right, has been pretty valuable for them. Five points, one rebound. So they, they didn't really get much other than Dragic off the bench with 17 big points and five boards. So like Dragic played well. He was a plus 17 in his 27 minutes. So they've got a lot of good players, but they do the way I like how you compare them to the Lakers in one sense, because they have a lot of players with the exception, probably of Bruce Brown Claxton would fit into to this as well, but who are not role players and playing next to stars. So if you've got Durant and Kyrie, yeah, I guess it's nice to have Seth Curry and Patty Mills from a shooting standpoint, but they're not going to do all of those gritty role player things defensively, especially that you need them to do. And it's just not a complete enough team in that sense. And especially when Boston has the two-way guys, and then they still have the over-the-top star power. You know, that's that's to me why they're favored. They're just, they're thin. And Robert Williams is, to me, still somewhat of a question mark. I know that they're saying he's going to be back uh, from the knee operation, but that's that's what kept me from picking them to go all the way either, is that they're, they just have to have everything fit perfectly into place. And they don't have, like the Lakers 2020 title team, they don't have one, two, three, four guys they could plug in um, off the bench into that rotation like Phoenix does right right now where, oh, this guy's in fall trouble. No problem. You know, bring in Torrey Craig or Landry Shaman off the bench for a couple minutes for Bridges or Crowder. And they just kind of plug plug that hole easily. For sure. And I think even beyond the depth issues, though, I think that their half court offense has some some issues. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's dive a little bit more in into this Boston Brooklyn series. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So in watching tape on them the the last couple months, and we really saw this bear out down the stretch of game one, is they're a curious team offensively in that they they drive to the basket so aggressively and persistently, Mike, that oftentimes like it's times where you're not supposed to drive right there, but their ball handlers are so big and physical, especially their top three. Tatum's 6'10", 6'11". Jalen Brown is a, a bruising physical wing as a ball handler that's looking to put a shoulder into you. Marcus Smart is similar as well, although not the level of score that those two are. Um, and so much of the end of the season, like I think the NBA plays a lot of its worst basketball in this February through April stretch. So Mike, when you got these big physical wings driving to the basket relentlessly, you're going to beat the crap out of the Washington Wizards, right? Or you might even beat the crap out of the Golden State Warriors for a completely different reason, right? But come playoff time, I saw, I was... I feel better about Brooklyn's chances in this series after game one than I did prior to the series in part because so many of Boston's points come from forcing turnovers defensively and mistakes where if you can just play them straight up. Now, this they have great ball pressure, great length. This is kind of an easier said than done type of type of thing. But offensively, they can have difficulty creating looks if you don't like if you have the physicality to match up against them. I'm just not sure that Brooklyn does, because a lot of times it's like Seth Curry boxing out Daniel Tice or Al Horford, who's going to continue to kick their butts in this series. So I don't think Brooklyn quite has the guys, but the fact that it it was this type of game and this competitive on Boston's home floor, I'm, I was a little encouraged from the perspective of like, please, God, not the Celtics, you know? So maybe what we do then, Pete, let's bring Miami uh, into this discussion. And if you want, we can touch on Philly and Toronto, although I don't know if we need to as much because I don't think either of us buy either of those teams as a true title mm-hmm. threat mm-hmm. in the East. Uh, I, I did think that Philly played better than they have, and they were helped by a, a little bit of just Toronto looking kind of bragged. But did you want to touch on any, anything else on Boston, Brooklyn before we get to Miami? No, no, let's move on to Miami. So Miami is a team that 
I I was skeptical that they could win the whole thing and remain that, but I don't. I do think they're good enough to get there. And the way the X factor to me, the thing that they need to have happen that wasn't happening much in the regular season is Jimmy Butler going back up to that real star level and being able to score, hit a couple of jump shots, like actually finish at the rim. And he did that in game one. I mean, he was plus 27. It was almost like, all right, the playoffs are here now. I I knew this team was good, but it, I, I don't know. There's just something mentally for him this season where he didn't seem like he was all the way checked in. And I'm still monitoring. I want to see this whole series and see if he can keep that level of intensity. But, you know, three steals, he's four assists, 21 points. He hits a three, nine of 15 from the field. So to me, they're not going to get Duncan Robinson going eight for nine from three which was helpful, but I still, I don't think that Jimmy can go to that same level or keep that, that same level as Durant or Giannis or Tatum. And to me, that's kind of, that's why I, I think Miami's really good and they're, they're super, they're deep there. Uh, they are athletic. They have role players, right? They're gritty, but I just, I wonder for those last couple minutes of the game, if they can sustain against some of these other Eastern matchups. So I think you might be a little bit higher on them than I am though. So what's your Miami take after seeing them beat Atlanta pretty handily? Yeah. Well, I think you hit the central question mark, which is Jimmy and that, you know, high end star power in the last couple minutes of the game. Jimmy, I think is turning more and more into a, 16 game player than 82 game player. He's always been one of my favorite playoff guys. And that run, like consider how good that Lakers defense was in 2020. And he was putting up 30 point triple doubles against us on the regular. He was amazing. And I'm curious to what degree that burned him out. He's also a uh, Tom Thibodeau player, right? And so those guys on the other end of 30, it can go downhill quickly. And so that's been something I've been wondering with Jimmy is like, how much is he holding in reserve for the playoffs? And in watching them, one of the Boston games that I watched was when Miami beat them on their home floor. And Jimmy is turning into, he's almost like a big Chris Paul to me in that, and who was incredible last night. Not the same level of skill in jump shooting, but what I mean is like Jimmy will find ways to BS himself to the free throw line 12 times or will throw up three pump fakes that, you know, get a guy off off balance. And he's still that in terms of those last two minutes, I think those little 15 footers that DeRozan was missing yesterday that like Jimmy can still body you and, you know, hit a little 10 footer in the paint because he's big and physical. But I agree with you, Mike, that he's not like I'm not counting on him to be that star that he was two years ago or as good as he was in the finals two years ago for them to be good. But I don't think he has to be in in part because I they have a lot of playoff gamers, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, even guys like Hero and Robinson. You're right that Robinson's not going to go eight for nine every game, but tomorrow might, might be Tyler Hero or Max Struess has become a really good, even defensively, Struess is their off-screen shooter that is a, has a little bit of a, a barrel chest that can kind mm. of body you a little bit, whereas Robinson and Hero are more those skinny guys that get targeted defensively. And Struess does a little bit as well. So they just have... I think Jimmy's that like echelon below those really, really top guys. I agree with that. But they have so many guys who have done it in big moments that overall, I think they're really good. And this is one of those things, Pete, where you and I agree. And yet the degree is it's very subtle. But sure, it matters, the, way you, though. the way you just described it, though, to me, is the team that doesn't quite win the title. Because 
you just do need a super consistent number one guy that is going to win you these games at, at a certain point. And Jimmy, it can come, and then other times it doesn't. If he's not getting those calls, when the jump shot isn't falling. And we saw that against the Lakers in the finals, right? Where he was absolutely ridiculous for a couple of games. And Miami actually beat that Lakers team, which was basically a buzzsaw. And lost three games to the entire Western Conference. And, and they kind of found a way. But I wasn't really thinking that they could do it four times. They could do it two times. Sure. And and this is where, so if Jimmy's not doing it, yes, they have some other really good players. Kyle Lowry is is a great player. But he's not a guy that's going to necessarily take over a game down the stretch. And, and he didn't do so in the regular season. Tyler Hero did a couple of times, but same kind of thing. He's so reliant on his jump shot and on tough jump shots. And you can tilt your defense to that. P.J. Tucker, right? Great role player. Um, the guy that we probably should be speaking about a little bit more in the context of he could raise his game on both sides of the floor is Bam. And yeah. if Bam can be can can put together some more offense in the clutch, but he doesn't. That's not something that they've gone to a lot either. So I'm just I love the way they play. It's a team that I've that I just enjoy sort of in general, but I think they're they're that they're just one bit away from the actual title. And and we'll see though, because this year it is open enough, Pete, that I'm not dismissing it. I just then there's there are other teams I think have a little bit better of a shot. I, I'd have them number two right now in terms of chances behind Phoenix. Oh, wow. I, you are would you, really yeah. on Miami. I, oh, I, very much so. Very much oh, so. Okay. Because in, right. in that circumstance that you're talking about, that like not having a go-to guy, one of the few ways around that is having everybody on the floor being able to do their job in that particular moment. Meaning that if the ball gets swung to PJ Tucker in the corner and somebody's flying at him for a closeout, I know he's going to make the right play. He's going to shot fake, rip through De- middle, take a De- couple Steps, take the floater. Responsible adult team for sure. Yeah, man. Lots of responsible adults who are not going to be scared of the moment at mm-hmm. all. And I think that they're one of the few teams that at all five positions in crunch time, you're going to have Kyle Lowry, Bam, Jimmy, PJ Tucker, and one of the shooters, whether it's Hero, uh, Robinson, or Struess. Uh, and all of those guys, except for Struess, I've seen like Hero average 20 a game against Boston in a playoff series. And so it's one of those things where I, I agree like 99% of the time in terms of having that high end guy, you like, that's what you need to be a top two, top three contender. But if all every dude that you have on the floor is somebody who can handle their responsibility and will make the right play and not get rattled by that playoff environment, it's just one of the few exceptions to that rule. But I agree that ultimately having those guys is better. And if you have that plus a little more of that, I think that describes Phoenix. So there's a team in the East that I still like a little bit more than the teams we've discussed so far, but they are breaking one of my major rules in terms of an actual title team. So let's hit that team after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So if you're a regular Laker Film Room listener, and by the way, uh, shout out to several folks I saw at the Dodger game on Sunday who shouted out the Laker Film Room podcast. It was, it was oh, great, nice. to, great to What's see. What's up, everybody? Some, yeah, great to see some Laker fans, as you you cannot approach Dodger Stadium without feeling the Laker vibe, of course, um, which, which we know is you know a birthright to this city, Pete. So I always That's enjoy right. that. And and by the way, the Dodgers are I don't know when the next time they're going to lose uh, the way that they're playing right now. So the team is, of course, Milwaukee. And I prefaced a lot of these playoff discussions that we've had by saying I don't love when a team doesn't add a major piece to a defending champion, and that remains true about this Bucks team. And they have a couple of guys who are tired, most notably Chris Middleton, who was Mm -hmm. four for 13 in there, closer than it probably should have been win over the Chicago Bulls. And Drew Holiday, who was six for 16 from the field, six assists to four turnovers. And I mentioned Middleton. He had six assists to seven turnovers. So neither of those guys played well at all. Giannis did. Giannis was plus 19. Giannis was in foul trouble, Pete. So he only played. And can I, did you watch the, you watched the end of the game, The end of the game? You watched the end of that? Yeah. Can we just talk, can we just get on this? Please, please. I hate, I hate being the guy. And I, I fought you all year on, on your often correct second guessing of the coach. Right. But he took Giannis out for the two most important possessions of the fourth quarter. You're fouling your own player out. In order to save him. For the empty possession with 15 seconds left when Boston had to fall, it was mind boggling. And I was I was sitting there just I was actually watching on my phone and it just I wanted to I had to minimize the screen so that I could text people. And like, am I missing because I could, I wasn't listening to the audio. Yeah. I'm like, am I missing something here? So that part, just touch on that. And then then I'll get back to uh, my no, no, man, you, point. you spoke your piece on you said the same thing, man, like fouling your own players out is one of the things that drives me crazy in terms of like subbing with foul trouble. And I know it's Giannis and whatnot, but like the whole point is to win those last 90 seconds to two minutes. And they did, they did. So, but in terms of process, I was right there scratching my head with you. Maybe the best defensive player in the world took him out for the most important defensive possession of the game. And if he commits a foul on that position, fine. You know, it's still better than him, than Boston, Boston, um, than Chicago scoring, but Chicago couldn't score. And this is part of why I like Milwaukee still, despite the what I had just mentioned, Pete, and these the problems that I think they have and why you know I didn't pick them to actually win the title, but sort of by default. Like the team that I if my if I just my brain and watching basketball the last couple of months, the team that I would have picked to win the East is Boston. But I end up kind of going with Milwaukee based in part on Robert Williams and the question mark there. And, and just as a, as a total buy-in to Giannis Antetokounmpo, like that is ultimately where I landed. And guess what? They're going to need that because they have some real weaknesses. Uh, and, and they just are, they are not, they are, they're fighting these teams like Chicago played with great passion, but DeRozan six for 25, kind of back to what, if you scheme against DeRozan, this is what he's been in the past. And I know that he had a great year, up until the last couple of months, uh, as I jump around here, but Vucevic, 9 for 27 from the field. 
And you can attack him so consistently on the other side of the court, right? The guy that was just incredible for them was Alex Caruso. And it was tough to watch that as oh, you know, somebody that, right, that we've seen it in was that a context. Celtics game winner followed by Alex Caruso defending his ass off. It's like the Lakers, Laker yeah. fan torture continues, you know? And then, you know, like JaVale McGee playing great in the, uh, in the uh-huh. Phoenix Pelicans game. And even, even Wes Matthews being able to stay on the floor. Yep. For those key defensive positions. So a lot of that kind of stuff came up. But what did you see from the Bucks and Bulls? And Pete, do this for me. Put it, put the Bucks into context of the conversation that we just had about Boston, Brooklyn, and Miami. Yeah. So as that defending champion, they're dealing with a different environment and landscape than any other team. And I thought that one of the reasons why Giannis would get my MVP vote this year is because the circumstances in which he needed to carry the team were different. I'm actually a little worried about Chris Middleton and we'll get into that in a moment in a moment but his like what he has to give will help me kind of place where I think Milwaukee is but in the context of defending their title they have a couple more gears that they can hit. Like in that Chicago game, they looked like they got a little bored and it wasn't the first time that that's happened. And Lord knows I've seen and you've seen enough defending champions where even in the playoffs, there can be some like, ah, yeah, we got this team. Once you establish dominance over a team like you on the you know, on the court, they know on the court that it, it, it ain't going to work like you're the better squad. That was the story of the 2009 and 2010 Laker champion teams where. It's like, all right, we're better. And not Kobe, but Lamar, uh-huh. Howe, and Bynum would be like, eh, we can uh-huh. beat this team. We know, guys, we're, you're not beating us more than a couple times. So, yeah, right. sure, you could have a game here. It, it was very frustrating, but they ultimately always won just, you know. And, and that's not unusual for a champion, especially a defending champion. And so I have faith that the Bucks can hit a couple extra gears. I also think that Giannis is clearly the best player in basketball and beating that dude four times out of seven, like good luck. But how worried are you about Middleton, Mike? He's a guy, every time I've watched him recently, he's one of the great shot makers in the league when he's right. But not only has that seemed off, there was a game recently where he was just kind of flubbing the ball all over the place. This was true in last night's game as well, where you the first thing you brought up was like they've got some tired players, which is I'm so glad you brought that up because he's been playing a lot of basketball no, since this, last that's year. It. That's the answer. That's the answer. He is so you the, don't do you get that back though? Do you get that back? No, no. And this is yeah. why this is why it's gonna be such a strain. Like he'll get it back from time to time, but he won't he will not consistently be effective and to me that that's still why as much as i like milwaukee i mean i i think like many people right i picked phoenix to actually win it but why the east is still open and why miami could win the east and why brooklyn could rally and win the east and why boston could certainly win the east like they're those four teams could all win it because middleton is the last extension of the bubble tax to me he and holiday Mm -hmm. holiday Mm -hmm. just looks a little bit better but where where the season the clock of the season got off and which meant that the finals was being played later in the year, which meant w- that there was less recovery and rest time for the teams that went all the way to the finals. And to this is a different aspect of the point that I made about how you need to add something to your team if you're a title winner. But Phoenix doesn't need that because they have the fire because they lost. So that right. Phoenix could up until the point of it, it could be months from now, but there is so much motivation there from Chris Paul, from Devin Booker, from some real dogs that they have, that they are, the mental is completely controlling the physical for them, I think. And when you win, 
that just changes. There's just a, there is a chemical reaction in your mind in life. This is humanity that changes yep. when you win. And when, when you have, when you're the wolf and you have the kill and you know that the meat is there, you are not as hungry as the wolf that has yet to find its kill. It's just a, a human reality. I think we've seen that with the Lakers over the last couple of years to some extent absolutely. or another. And it, it, like you said, it's it's absolutely natural. And you bring up this Phoenix team and they remind me of that 2009 Lakers team in that the year before we lost in the finals in 2008. And it was this slingshot going into the summer. If you listen to how Kobe talked about that, how Powell talked about that, it was like the motivation, the fuel. And I see that same thing in this Phoenix squad. I Last year, oh, I was very please, much against. Yeah, pause. No, l- let me look. Please, pause please, on please, please. Just for one second, because because I want to get to Phoenix for sure. And I also want to say that Kobe and Jordan and Giannis exceptions to that, right? They they are even if they have the kill in front of them. Where's the next prey? <laughs> like, I need. And more those prey. are the really special guys, right? There you like, go. In, there you go. Yeah. But so yeah. for just to tie it up on on the Middleton point though, so if he if he isn't going to be able to get back to there, and he is that kind of final victim of the bubble tax, then then they need somebody else to step into that spot. And they're, they don't have the bench-type player, right? Like, their bench players are good role players. Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. In this case, Brooke Lopez is back, but Bobby, Bobby Portis, Javon Carter. You know, they don't have the guy that fills that, that – like the Jordan Poole that Golden State has. That guy that's, going, that's got the hunger, that's got the usage. Even like a Kuzma-type – who hit his own bubble tax last year, but is but is going to be maybe he can come in and just get you twenty five on a certain night. So that's that's the the rest of the Milwaukee point and why there's some skepticism that remains that is as you were just getting to is not there for Phoenix. Yeah, I don't think you replace a guy with like Middleton even with a a Kuzma type or or a Jordan Poole type because that's a guy who can play defense at a level that a Jordan Poole can't, but is a shot maker in a way that Kuz isn't quite at that level when he's at his best. Middleton hits some nasty buckets when he is on. And these are playoff type shots with a hand in your face, step back, you know, sidestep, like out of all sorts of gathers. He's one of the game's really great shot makers in a way where if he ain't on, there's not going to be a guy on your bench that can do that. That's six, seven, that can also play defense, you know? So Talk to me about the the Suns, Mike. Those uh, that that team that's kind of slingshotting from last year. They've earned a great deal of my respect this year. Last last season, I was offended at the idea of a team being a champion that did not beat a single team that had its guys. But to me, this season in particular, them just you get to they were sixty four wins. They could have easily gotten to sixty five if they didn't sit some guys down the stretch. And uh, you know, you're a mid high sixties win team uh, that answers any questions that that I have. I see them as as clearly the best team right now. Uh, As much as I like Miami, who I'd have number two, you'd ask me where I'd slot Milwaukee. They're like a tie for third with Boston right now. But Phoenix to me is, they were cooking and Chris Paul was just unbelievable in that fourth quarter. Yeah, so, man, I can't disagree with that. I I too have the Suns as the favorite, but I think I probably have them as, I think they're slightly more vulnerable than the collective might. New Orleans was in that game, and they fought back mostly, uh, uh, well, on the strength of several things. But the Chris Paul point here that you just made, like Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, I think he had 19 of his 30, 10 assists, two turnovers. That's common. Three steals, he had a block. 
and he was 12 for 16 from the field, four of six from three. Just a ridiculous game. Like that's a that's a LeBron stat line uh, in a postseason, and he's plus 20. So he was ridiculous. And they also were able to replace Jay Crowder's complete dud of a night. He was over four from the field and got into foul trouble by just playing Cam Johnson, who's a really, really good player, more mm-hmm. minutes off the bench, and by playing Torrey Craig some of those minutes. And so they really they have 10 guys that they trust. And then you could even look further down their bench and say, you know what, Bismack Biambo, give us a couple of minutes defensively. Aaron Holiday, mm-hmm. I'm okay throwing him out there, right? He's not going to kill us in a, in a playoff game. Alfred Payton even, not offensively, but like he'll go out there. He's a big guard, compete. Landry Shamit. I like Ish Wainwright, who is their 15th guy. Yeah. Yeah. And is uh, so they are the roster is really good there. And there isn't a player out there, especially on the defensive side of the court, that you're just so worried about. So and that's why we have them winning. Like they're they're complete. Booker has been locked in. Paul's been locked in. Uh, Aiton's playing well. So they're it's tough to to pull too many weaknesses out of them. But yet there are teams that I think can hang with them. And and even New Orleans was able to for a while. But the, but the Pelicans, they just don't have enough yet. Um but what they do have, Pete, is some of these bigger two-way wing players that can at least make Booker and Paul's life as a series goes on somewhat difficult. And that's where Phoenix not having that six, seven plus guy, I think leaves them somewhat vulnerable, like they were last year to Giannis, you know, and like they might be to Kevin Durant if Brooklyn can fully get going. And like if Jimmy Butler, you know, could get to the peak of Jimmy Butler and stay there. And and even Golden State, who I think likes the way that they match up with Phoenix. And Booker and Paul, like when they play like they played in game one against New Orleans, they're it's gonna be tough to beat them. But I think that the I think that more challenges will come. Chris usually has, hits a pocket, whether it's a minor injury or whether it's fatigue, where where he's not quite able to be that level of Chris Paul. And that to me is when like they like they would have been had he not hit that level in game one where they could be a little bit vulnerable. So I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, still picking them to win the title, but I don't think they're this all-time buzzsaw team you know, where where I just cannot possibly fathom a team figuring out what they do. Uh, no, I don't either. Uh, but I do think that they are they have legit claim to the number one spot this season, uh, but they're going to have to earn it. And New Orleans has that attribute of athletic size that I think bothers Phoenix a little bit. That said, that was another game where I thought, they kind of got bored. Like they they held them to 34, 35 points in the first half. They were so good on defense, Mike, in that first half. And they yeah. gave up more points in that third quarter than they did in the entire first half. And there right? was some garbage time stuff. We're like, okay, you guys are within six or seven. But but Phoenix isn't they haven't been the team this year to relent those types of leads for the most part, right? There's they've been more in the in that the Lakers before they got to those playoff series where the foot was down in the neck. And, sure. and that that's all I was saying is it was a little bit surprising that New Orleans was able to rally as much as they did. And I think it speaks to your point that they do have a legitimate weakness there. That's not just like a superior team taking their foot off the gas, even though that's part of it. And when you've got Larry Nance and Herb Jones and Valanciunas had a weird game and that his stat line was through the roof, but I thought Aiton kind of dominated. <laughs> so, uh, but they do collectively and even BI right with his shot making over the top and, and length, they have some of those attributes that bother Phoenix. This was an incredibly fun opening weekend Mike and I can't wait to I love series basketball in that we get to see all of the adjustments so uh, we'll be back tomorrow probably going to talk a little bit about the Lakers coaching search but until then 
You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. They will. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Freddy pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Let's go. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.